House of Low is a sanctuary for finding connection to your truest essence. House of Low invites you to be the creator of your own life, embracing the unknown and accepting what the universe has in store for you. House of Low is a haven for abundance, beauty, connection, freedom, where your soul's yearning for more is met with the deep belief that there is enough on this earth for everyone to thrive. House of Low is a community that holds space for your next evolution. Even when your world is seemingly crumbling around you, you are unstoppable. House of Low guides you to your eternal spirit, allowing you to fully come home to yourself within yourself, holding all the new things that the universe will open up for you. House of Low is birthing a spiritual renaissance, setting the stage for your own personal rebirth through victory and wisdom. Enter into the House of Low and step into the flow of miracles, magic, and synchronicity. You're safe here. House of Low, a sanctuary for the soul. I'm Lo, your host, and it's an honor to share this space with you. Thank you for listening. Truly, it is time for us to activate heaven on earth. Welcome in. House of Low is back. Do we like the snaps? I, I do these like snaps, the snaps a lot now. <laughs> I feel like I learned that from friends of mine with the there snaps. I never snapped before. Attention. We have a guest who's been on before in one of the early episodes of House of Low, and it is an honor to have Rhea joining us again, who is the founder of Santel and Rose, an apothecary company. Rhea is spiritual AF, on the ascension path, lightworker, starseed, all the things. And I know, babe, you're going to drop a lot of beauty today. I feel the beauty of it. And so thank you for being here once again. Thank you for having me. How are you feeling today? I feel joy. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. We've been hanging out all day. So yes. we, we we help each other <laughs> feel good. Low, low. <laughs> Basking in the real glow. Yeah. I love you. I love you. Well, today's episode is about happiness rebirthed, which Rhea and I have been reflecting all day on this seemingly fleeting, unattainable concept of happiness that every human is chasing. And what we want to take you through today is a different way of looking at happiness, of embodying happiness. And also that happiness comes in many forms, many colors, many states of being, many emotions. And there is something to be said for stopping the chase towards happiness and just being. But I would love to kick us off, Rhea, with your incredible visualization of reframing how we think about happiness and even like see it in life. Talk to me about that. Okay. So I always said, I'm a poet. I always, I always said that happiness is, it's the glass. And what I mean by that is happiness is what you pour everything else into. Mm -hmm. So when you think of yourself, I want you to see this beautiful culmination of everything, everything you've been seen, felt, done, that is you. Okay. When I see you, I see an incredible mosaic. I see the glass. So, you know, you and I have known each other for 15 years. Yeah. When we started out, we were very green, mm. so to speak. You know, then we got a little older and we thought we were blue, mm -hmm. you know, and then 
purple. We moved away. Royalty. <laughs> we were purple. We were orange. We yep. were red. Yep. And in every one of those incarnations, we broke. Yeah. You know, we fell apart. We fell, you know, to pieces, so to speak. And we've picked ourselves back up. Mm. And that green girl in turning blue, she left a bit of that green behind, didn't she? What she left behind, though, when she fell apart, it wasn't just, you know, her heart, as we think we left behind. What she left behind was the dust, was perhaps a little bit of the parts of her that were naive, Mm -hmm. a little bit of the parts of her that were inexperienced. And what she kept was the bulk of her soul. So now she took that and she mended it together on that, the becoming, the cup, you know, the building is the becoming. Okay. She was becoming happy, but she was happy, right? There were good parts to the grain. So you imagine her taking that big block of grain that she's got left and sticking it on there, mending it with gold. And now she's got some of that blue from her young womanhood. And then she's got the orange we became and the purple and the gold and the green, all of those colors, you know, the yellow, first love, second love, first house, first apartment, first car, all of those things. They're colors on the glass, right? So now your glass is this gorgeous mosaic, mm-hmm. right? But green wasn't the definition of happy. Yellow wasn't the definition of happy. Purple wasn't the definition of happy. It wasn't your first car that made you happy, right? It was all the lessons, the money you saved. It was test driving People. them, learning how to drive. Yeah. was more of the experience than the car was, right? Because you're going to have who knows how many cars, sure. you know? And that's how I like to think about happiness. We create happiness that's right. every moment of the day. Today, I met 50 new people, you know, and we shared stories. I learned about babies that were born. I learned about grandchildren that came to visit. Mm-hmm. I learned about parts of the country I've never been. And in every one of those moments, I gained bits of bliss and joy and laughter in that. That's it. Exactly. That is it. That's what you're looking for, right? Yes. Happiness. So what is it that we're chasing? that we don't already have, you know, is happiness a thing? Is there a price tag to it? You know, yes, I pray for peace. I pray for the health of my family members. I pray for, you know, enough food for my plate. I pray for the roof over my head. And yes, I absolutely pray that my car starts in the morning because there are no guarantees there. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what else I've found? If my car doesn't start Another bit of happiness is that I have gained incredible friends. And sometimes I have witnessed the incredible gift that is a stranger. Yes. Willing to come to the aid of another stranger. Yeah. The human decency that you find at rock bottom. And those pieces are also happiness. That's right. So what am I really praying for? Happiness just is. It's everywhere. You know, it's mine for the taking. What I'm actually praying for it might be enough. It might be, you know, a need that I have and all of those things are great. We put them in the cup, but what we're carrying, our being, if you were to say, hey, Rhea, are you happy? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm good. I'm happy. Wow. Let's pause for a second on that. That was eight minutes of magic. Thank you. And this leads me into what we were talking about earlier today, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really profound. That was 
you know, organically coming through our conversation around happiness. You know, to your point, what is it? What is it? Is it a tangible thing? No. Is it fleeting? Not really, if, unless we think it is. Right. It's here always. But what I think is more helpful than the term happiness, which sometimes feels so big and everybody always is, I think sometimes we're victim to, am I really happy? And we overanalyze it and we overthink it. You right. know, that's what the mind does. But what I think is more useful and grounded in and actually lighter is to think of happiness in different emotions, feelings, states of being. So a version of happiness is pleasure. Absolutely. Or orgasm, bliss, ecstasy, contentment, satiation, satisfaction, joy. Yes. Talked about this. There are these facets of happiness that to your point, throughout any given day, we could hit multiples of those. Absolutely. Or maybe just we have maybe we have a moment one moment of joy in a darker emotional day right. and that's enough and i think that this idea of chasing anything is what's being dismantled on earth right now in the human experience because when we're chasing we're not attracting and so that's simple quantum physics law of attraction Absolutely. so if we're attracting that means we just are and that means we we everything just is to your point so the question becomes to ground this in in the human experience is one might ask, how do I feel more pleasure? How do I feel more joy? How do I feel more bliss? How do I feel content for once in my life? How do I feel satisfied with what I've done today and decide that's enough? This is the multi-million dollar question. And my answer from my side is it changes every day. Mm -hmm. It evolves every day because we change and evolve every day. And I think one can only have peace and experience true happiness when we honor the absolute fact of the human experience, which is we change and evolve every moment of every day. And absolutely. we're learning 24-7 who the fuck we are. I absolutely agree with you. And I would say in response to that, you have perspective. And if you think not just of humanity, but of our entire world, yes, you know, one of my greatest joys is flowers, it's grass, yeah. it's trees, yeah. but those are not constant states, not even for the ground, you know, exactly. when I say trees, I'm thinking green, I'm thinking leaves. However, winter has its own beauty yes. and you can look at that and say, wow, everything's dead. no dormant and dead are not the same. Mm. There are periods of waiting. There are periods of rest that are just as necessary for our survival right. and for our happiness yeah. as, you know, periods of immense, I would liken spring to bliss. Yeah. Everything is blossoming. I just bought a new house. I just had a baby. That is bliss. That is spring. But is winter any less satisfying? Mm -hmm. Is rest any less satisfying? When do you get to enjoy all the good work you've done? When do you get to sit? Some of my happiest memories with family are in the cold. You're all stuck inside, yeah. you know, but now you're playing a card game. Now you're having your dad tell you a silly story that you would never have heard if you were busy Yes, playing outside. You know, not that either one of those things is wrong, but there is a time for everything. Mm -hmm. So that is contentment comes with knowing there is a time for everything. There is a time for celebration, but sometimes people think that happiness is celebration. There is a time for financial success, but some people think that happiness is 
directly linked to extreme moments of financial success. So you can have abundance and have that be linked more so to contentment, to enough for that day. Yes. You know, in winter, the trees aren't dead. Dormant is simply that they are, they're growing, they're fortifying themselves, they're pulling in and preparing themselves to bloom. Mm-hmm. Your season may well be coming for those grand things. Your turn is coming. Your chapter is coming. Who knows what's going to be written on the next page? But if you haven't rested, will you be ready for it? Will you be too tired to even see it? <laughs> you know, yes. we've had relationships that aren't that great, but maybe we had great times. Yes. Maybe we visited great places. Maybe we learned, if nothing else, what we like about or don't like. Yes. Or We've learned great things about ourselves, yes. you know, and the, the journey from girlhood to womanhood is, is beautiful. There's happiness there too, you know? So like you said, it's dependent on the day and your perspective of the day with regards to its, its place in your timeline, you know, again, how do you define that, you know, mysterious word happiness? Yeah. Does it have to be? celebration or is contentment good enough for you you know and only the individual can answer that question absolutely and you know i think part of what people feel pressured around is the show your best you know hide the rest culture we have Mm -hmm. with social with just the public in general knowing what's going on with other people and people always we will always find ourselves if we allow in a cycle of i'm left behind i'm behind in life when no, you're actually right on time because you're an individual soul that is a part of the one. However, you have different lessons yes. and, a, and, a, and a different path and different gifts and a unique code in you yeah. that's here to be lived out in the human experience on earth. It's a sacred experience here. Yes. And so I feel where I want to go next with this is, as you know, I'm entering a very potent, powerful, happy, joyful, blissful season in my life after yes. years of pain, years of growth. Mm-hmm. years of self-doubt, years of dark nights of the soul, spiritual awakenings, ego deaths, dying and being reborn over and over for four or five years. And what I'm learning is my nervous system is recalibrating a lot to, is it really possible to be this happy, quote unquote, joyful, right. to feel these emotions more regularly versus fleeting, which mm-hmm. we know there's seasons of that. But I'm learning day to day, minute to minute, because mm-hmm. I don't have this figured out, but I'm learning that we have to recalibrate to happiness after deep lessons were learned, which often come in the form of pain. Yes. I, I, I recently listened to an incredible conversation with someone and he said, the most potent thresholds for transformation are deep love and deep pain. Mm-hmm. I just, and I, I wrote that down as fast as I could. It is absolutely what I believe. Nothing will push us further into our growth, our next level, our truest soul essence expressed in a human body besides deep pain or deep love. But what I'm learning is I'm entering a season of deep love to use that Mm -hmm. polarity. And it is actually way more difficult to receive that than the deep pain. The pain I could do all the time. It's actually weird because in our culture, I think sometimes a lot of us are too used to dark nights and pain and being let down and disappointed and sad and lonely and depressed. 
But to enter a season where there's nothing but good ahead, because I have been patient and in a long waiting season, a long season of karmic lessons, a long season of honoring the divine unfolding of my life and just trusting I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be now, knowing there's so much ahead is very difficult to receive. And I, I'll let you know on the other side, you know, how it goes, because I think that everybody wants these things and we desire more love and abundance and our partner and our family and travel and all these tangible human experience things which are valid and then to your point what if they arrived all tomorrow like would we even energetically be able to receive those things would we even think we're worthy which as you know i talk a lot about worthiness as part of my of the big path i'm on and a lot of people don't feel worthy no not at all so what's your perspective on how we can calibrate to trusting that it's possible to live a life full of sustainable joy and happiness, like to have a season of deep, deep happiness and joy and pleasure without the temptation that the mind brings us to, which is waiting for the other shoe to drop. Do you know the saying, don't look down? No, like I don't really know. Well, you're thinking about your life is in going from one season to the next season, sure, right? Sure. So you're talking about like bridging. transition. Yeah, yes. yeah. The bridging. Exactly. Okay. So think of it as a bridge. Now imagine now that bridge is the top of a canyon. Okay. It's yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can barely see to the other side, but you know, you want to get there. And now there's this rope bridge and you're like, man, haven't I been through enough? Now I got to cross this bridge. Yes. <laughs> when do I get to be happy? And that negative spiral starts already. Yes. Okay. But you're walking across this bridge. You're like, you know what? I got this. And you're confident and you're moving and all you've got your eyes on is the prize. Yeah. Okay. And then back in your mind, someone says, but aren't you scared? What? No, I don't think so. Then you But should I be? More. But should I be? Yeah. yeah. And you're like, I that you mentioned it is kind of windy up here. And now you're shaking. And then you do it. You look down and you realize, wow, if I fell from here, it hurt. Oh my gosh. And all of a sudden, yes, your eyes aren't on the prize anymore. They're on all the things that could go wrong. And because you're so focused on that, your steps are wonky. Now it's not swaying, you're swaying, which is re-fortifying the fact that you could fall because yeah, you probably will, you're swaying, which is pulling in those low vibrational people. It's bringing off vulnerability radars. Oh, her confidence isn't really there. You know, she's a big, open, gushing, you know, you pull all that comfort back into your world. When a few minutes ago, all you knew is you had to get to the other side. So could something go wrong or did you just look down? Wow. I see what you're saying with don't, of course, I've heard the phrase don't look down, but I, I'm not afraid of heights. So I'm not really afraid of much. And I'm one of those people where I've struggled with how fearless I seem to feel and be. And then, of course, people get in my head or I get in my head like, maybe I shouldn't be this fearless. Like, maybe I should have more fear, you know. But really, the soul is fearless. Hear me now, everyone listening. Your soul is fearless because it knows it is eternal and never dies. Your temporary form you're in right now in the human experience goes away, let's say, dissolves. However, you never die. So I think everybody's obsessed with this idea of being feeling unstoppable, quote unquote, because we live in a world that wants to stop us from mm-hmm. our from realizing our truest potential, using our gifts, living abundantly, being in love, having joy all the time. 
And yet the higher realms are asking us to anchor to heaven on earth, to create, my ears ringing, to create heaven on earth. Yeah. And it is up to each of us individually to do that in our own lives and then to come together collectively to activate the frequency of heaven on earth as global humanity. And I think that when people, my ear is ringing. This is crazy. Thank you, guides. I, I get it. We're, we're on to something. <laughs> you know, I feel strongly that this chasing culture is dying, mm-hmm. that we all are on the hamster wheel of, whether we like to admit it or not. Even those of us on the spiritual path Toxic still get caught up in that. Toxic productivity, doing over human being. I've, we're not human doings, we're human beings. Yes. And I think that there's something to be said for just ask yourself, someone listening, no one's judging you. Please don't judge yourself, but just ask yourself, what am I chasing and why am I chasing it? Because when you start to really reflect on that, you stop, you stop chasing almost immediately because you realize there is no winning. There is no pot of gold at the end of the chasing. There is only riding the rainbow. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. That's why the phrase enjoy the ride that's this this life is a ride. Yes. And I think when you speak of the bridge analogy, these death and rebirth cycles are are completely akin to the to the bridge analogy. Mm-hmm. We have, but we have to choose to walk over and to your point eyes forward, eyes front. Don't look to the right, don't look to the left, definitely don't look down. We know that now. <laughs> and you just make it. Yes. You have to think about the word attachment mm-hmm. and what it means. What we fear for the most part, I'd say the opposite in our minds. The enemy of happiness is loss. Mm, okay. So when yeah. you think about whether it be love, whether it be that house you've got your mind on, whether it be that car, whatever it is that you are chasing, you're attached to it. Yes. Fixated on it. Okay. You define yourself by having it, right? We all do it. I've yep. done it in a million ways. It's human. I won't be worthy unless, I won't be happy unless, I won't be enough unless, okay? You take that thing away. Do you still exist? Mm, That hit deep. Okay. Five years ago, 10 years ago, were you okay? Yes. Okay. So that okayness, that's happiness. That's just being. Now, I'm not saying in a human way, I can say, all day, don't get attached to anything. Right. That's not really going to happen. Right. What I'm saying is chances are you'll be okay. Mm. If not today, if not tomorrow, maybe the timeline's not yours, but your day is coming. Maybe not as fast as you'd like, but your day is coming. Yeah. Maybe you've failed or fell down 10 times on the way there, but your day is coming. Yeah. Maybe Jane Smith from high school got there before you did. And frankly, I agree, darn her, but your day is coming. Yes. You know, and that's okay because you're going to have a lot of really amazing, amazing times between now and then. You don't want to miss those because you're looking down or, and that looking down, what you're seeing is, oh my gosh. Yes. But what if I don't do this thing right now and I lose? this person, this friend, if I don't answer every one of their text messages within three seconds (laughs) and and they're my everything. Yes. Okay. So what you fear is loss of the thing you're attached to. Right. And so you see what I'm getting at though, full circle, the opposite of happiness is, is 90% of fixation 
on attachments. I'm not saying don't have them. I'm simply saying it's a balance. It is. You know? I didn't think I was going to go here, but in the last five minutes, the higher realms are asking me to bring this forward. So Mm -hmm. I will. There are a lot of books left out of the Bible. Let's all be clear. (laughs) To further silence the divine feminine, but for sure, there is a very potent apostle named Philip. Okay. Now the Bible's controversial. It's very metaphorical. It's very symbolic. It can be interpreted in a million ways. And there's a lot of things in there that none of us are going to ever really understand. However, the gospel of Philip is extremely moving to me. Mm -hmm. And when I was in my first deep, deep, dark night, spiritual awakening, a quote came to me that I thought was the apostle Philip said it. But it wasn't the Apostle Philip. It was Yeshua who said it. Nice. But it was it was hidden and hidden. This book, the Gospel of Philip, was buried and not put in the what the people decided to put in the Bible because Philip had a lot about things that were controversial, right? And completely depict a lot of what they tell us today. What Yeshua said, this quote's gonna hit everybody hard, so just buckle up. Yeshua, also known as Jesus, said. If you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. I'm actually in awe that they just, I mean, I literally could feel them speaking to me, telling me to say that out loud. And I just want to offer that to anyone listening. What you do with your life, who you are, who you become, to Rhea's point, who you evolve into, What you allow yourself to experience, be it joy, happiness, pleasure, love, is up to you. Mm -hmm. And we are all being asked to have next level accountability to the lives we experience and create every day, to the emotions we feel and use to react and wreak havoc on our lives and the lives of people we love. And we're all being asked to honor the sacredness of the human experience while owning that we co-create it with divine source God. I would like to leave it at that. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. With my deepest gratitude, thank you for listening today. Thank you for being here with me and the incredible souls that I'm honored to have these expansive conversations with. I pray you remember your divinity. I pray you know that you're here for a big mission. I pray you realize your gifts are a gift to this world and that you just being you is enough. I pray you know you are worthy of everything you deeply desire and that the higher realms and the magical, mystical forces all around you are guiding you. Allow them to. Trust yourself. You have a spark of the divine in you. Act accordingly.